GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. So without further ado, let us summon them from beyond. Our first guest is an actor whose body of work includes iZombie, The Thundermans, and What We Do in the Shadows. Today, he joins us to talk about the role of mapmaker extraordinaire Benedict Pickwick. Please welcome back Harvey Gian. Hi! <laughs> hey, Harvey, how are you doing? Nice, thanks for having me. Oh, welcome back. Thanks for rejoining us again. Always. Always indeed. You're very austere. You have your little uh, fireplace going on back there. It's cold in Toronto. I'm in Toronto right now, so I'm keeping warm. Well, we're glad, we're glad you're keeping warm with us this afternoon. It was a great pleasure to have you. Welcome back. Thank you. Indeed. Our next guest is an actress whose credits include Murder in the First, Aquarius, and Higher Power. Today, she joins us to discuss the role of Hedgewitch, Hedgewitch, Kennedy, or Lefty as. Please welcome back Jade Taylor. Hey, hello, Jade. <laughs> and Ducky. <laughs> and Ducky. Well, Ducky, we're so glad to have you back here at Galaxy <laughs> Live. You know, our canine guests are so important here. So what has it been like to be a canine in a COVID world? No comment. Silence, well, silence, no comment. No comment. He's, he's happily on his, his heating pad over here. So, oh. and, and, and Harvey, I got to call you out because you said that you were trying to keep warm, but those thigh highs would beg to differ. Well, no one knows that I was wearing thigh highs until you said it now. Why didn't you do my burlesque number on the magicians? I know, right? I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's let's bring it up and talk about it because everybody had a little bit of some musical numbers as well. So, okay, first of all, Jade, welcome to the show. Hope you're doing well. Glad to, glad to have you back again. Glad to be here. Thank you. So much. And our next guest, she is an actress who's going to include Chicago PD, Golden Boy, and Law and & Order. Today, she joins us to discuss the role of occasional deity, Julia Wicker. Please welcome back, Stella Bates. Hey! Hey! How are you? How are you, Stella? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, I am good in my corner of the world. I hope things are doing well in yours. Good. It's good. It's we're in California. The sun is shining. Summer is just like a beat away, and I'm so grateful. Yes, <laughs> <I'm looking. laughs> not at all. Not at all. Well, Stella, welcome back. It's absolute pleasure to have you here again. Thank you, Patty. Oh, of course, of course. And our next guest, she's an actress whose credits include Men of a Certain Age, Chicago Fire, and Dear White People. Today, she joins us to discuss the role of the birth mother of Fillory Fenn. Please welcome back, Brittany Curran. Yay! <laughs> Hi, Brittany, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I am doing well in my corner of the world. I'm in Orlando, Florida, where, you know, one day it's 62 wow. and another day it's 92, so. Wow. Mm. Yeah, 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 that's that, that is pouring, and then it's not pouring about five minutes later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more, that's actually more the summer. That's something that the uh, Florida Board of Tourism doesn't want to want the outside world to know that during high summer Ooh. it rains pretty much every afternoon, and the rest of the day is steamy and humid. And uh, yep. so. but anyway, yeah. Brittany, how are you in your corner of the world? I, it's not humid. It's a lovely 80 degree. I don't even know what were you just saying, Stella. It's lovely outside. I'm also in Los Angeles. Like five miles away from Stella, probably. And uh, mm -hmm. the, land, the land of dreams and nice weather, indeed. Well, Brittany, welcome back. Absolute pleasure to have you here again. 
And our next guest is an actress whose roles include Towelhead, 90210, and Lucky Seven. Today, she joins us to talk about the role of the High Queen of Fillory, Margot Hansen. Please welcome back Summer Mitchell. Yay. <laughs> hey, Summer, how are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> doing well, doing well. How are things in your part of the world? They're great. Everything's good. Awesome. Awesome. Glad to have you back and glad to find you in good health and good spirit. Thank you. <laughs> and our next guest, he is an actor whose credits include Private Romeo, Smash, and Pedro. Today, he joins us to discuss the role of the High King of Fillory, Elliot Waugh. Please welcome back, Hale Appleman. Yay. Hi guys. Hey, 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 young man, how you doing? Oh, good, good. Yeah, just very grateful to be here with my sisters today. Oh, us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just me. No, I'm going to say I, I, I just, uh, hell, thank you for joining us. So, Harry, sorry you had an accident right before you joined us, and uh, you know, our heart goes out to you and your your broken broken glo globe. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, we're recovering slowly but surely. Yeah. All right, that's good. That's good. <laughs> just just don't get up and don't step anything if you're not wearing shoes, please. No one will ever know, will they? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fair. Well, hell, welcome back. It's a pleasure to have you joining us again. And our final guest, she is an actress whose credits include The Vatican Tapes, Transcendence, and Dude Pro Party Massacre 3. Today, she joins us to discuss the role of Queen Alice the Wise, a.k.a. Alice Quinn. Please welcome Olivia Taylor Dudley. Hi, guys. Hey. How you doing, Olivia? I'm doing pretty good. I'm happy seeing all of my friends again, and I miss them. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, welcome everybody. Uh, as always, we here at GalaxyCon looking forward to the day when the world does get a little bit back to normal. And I think we all, so as a society, we see the light at the end of that tunnel now, even though we're not there yet. We see it. We're getting there. People are going back to work and we hope to someday host you back on our physical stages and get you back in front of your fans. But in the meantime, we still have the GalaxyCon virtual stage and it's an absolute pleasure to have you all on it again today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Hale. Hale, who's our new panelist behind you? Oh, this is Rubbish. Oh, well. Rubbish? Rubbish? Rubbish. Yeah. What's your nickname for her? I call her Snubby because she's very cute and terribly rude. She's very demanding. She's doing a lot of cute things right now off camera that you can't see. Rubbish rub, rub, was a curious cat. Yeah. <laughs> she certainly is. <laughs> uh, indeed. Well, our team right now is going to the chat room. Oh, Jade. Who's that one, Jade? That's Puppy. Puppy. Okay. <laughs> our team right now is going to the chat room, pulling out the questions for us. In the meantime, I'd love to just start this out. Just uh, what's what's been everybody's just just best memory to come out of being a part of the magicians? Oh, that's so hard. I know oh. that is. You can just say you can just say working with people. I'd say the friendships. I mean, this is the best part. I think meeting people that you become lifelong friends with was, you know, my experience anyways, like just, I thought I was just going to go for like one episode or two and it ended up being a couple of seasons and meeting all these lovely people, um, probably the best treat. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's such a gift. <laughs> Someone else go. <laughs> it was such a beautiful experience, like through and through in so many ways. Like the people, the 
like getting to play, getting to like create these characters, getting to like our, our crew was incredible being in Vancouver, at least, you know, I mean, being with each other in that space. Like it's, I think it's hard to just pick one memory because it just all feels so beautiful looking back and such a gift that was for me. So. I'm really missing JJ Bean right now just because I'm tired. So all I can think about is JJ Bean. It's a great coffee shop up there. <laughs> Summer just reminded me of JJ Bean. God, the coffee in Vancouver is good. The people are good too. You know, I like these guys, I guess. <laughs> coffee in Fen's monologues. Those are my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Good people, great coffee. That's, if that's not the title of an autobiography, I don't know what is. <laughs> no, it really was a fun set. It really was a lot of fun. And then, like, just the vibe of it too. It's like we're on a magical set all the time, you know? We're magical bright bills and a castle and you just get to like walk around and even when there's nobody around in the space it just feels like such a cool place to be um because they're 360 sets so you really do feel immersed in the world and um and then yeah being able to play with cool people all the time is so much fun i don't know about you guys but vancouver is such a quiet and peaceful place and uh it felt like such a blank slate to go to coming from new york and los angeles and um, there was something um, so still about being up there after being in cities that were so um, dynamic and um, almost disruptive in different ways that are also really exciting. And so, yeah, and then to like wander onto these incredibly designed universes that the design teams had created were really, um, it just kind of felt like an al like two alternate dimensions that we were yeah, going absolutely. to. And then to, you know, to be in quarantine for the last year or so, it feels, um, it all feels, it all feels, it feels like a six year, like, alternate dimension to me. <laughs> different factors yeah. and different feelings. Yeah. And so well said. Yes. <laughs> That make any sense? Maybe not to anyone watching, but it makes sense to us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys at home. I get it. Cheers, <laughs> yeah. Salute, salute. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I guess it's fair to say it's it it just by by the nature of the show and by the nature of everybody's performances. I just to say, I think your enjoyment of the gig definitely shown through. It, it really did. I mean, the, the the energy and the vibe of the show, even when it got dark. And a little gloomy. This is effervescence, and it was fun. And even when it got bad, it was more on the impish side of the equation than the dark, malevolent, and everything else. It's like we always still knew we were going to come out through the other side uh, with your characters, even when sometimes we didn't. But not everyone made it. <laughs> no, 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 they didn't. They didn't. But uh, but on the whole, though, it just. <laughs> the, the show the show's got the show, no, the show had heart. I forgot. No. <laughs> I know. So much. The thing is, you all your performances roped us in. It absolutely did. And then I think like, I speak for everyone in the chat room here that it's just like these characters and and and, and watching everything that they went through, the uh, rise and fall and the rise was a gift. And thank you for that. Thank you for these performances. And thank you for giving your talents to them, really. They really speak well to you all as actors. Thank you. Very welcome. Very welcome. And I think we're good to go on our audience questions. So let's go ahead and hit our first one. And this comes from Bridget. And they want to know, what was your favorite piece from the wardrobe department? Everything Hale wore. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, everything Hale and Summer wore was just like, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mogli killed it in the fillery world. It was like, what trip are you on, girl? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with you, but this is wild. <laughs> and sometimes I was like, are you sure? Like, sometimes I was just so mad at her because like, <laughs> it wasn't practical to wear. and or, or like what you would typically think is like, flattering for an actress and so I, had to, <laughs> I had to like wrap my head around like the art that she was building and to leave the sort of like it sounds silly saying because those those wardrobes she created in Fillory were so beautiful but like some of the vanity that as an actor you have because sometimes I'm like what you mean you want to you want me to rock like a camel toe like why <laughs> <laughs> I know what kind of fans you mean do you remember those <laughs> Not because of you. Oh, you like camel toes too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow. I don't know. This is one season was to just like not eat a lot so that like everything just draped on me like a <laughs> you know? like, <laughs> I remember like some of my costumes would be so complicated that like I would edit in my trailer in the morning and there would literally be post-it summer. You might have actually the same things. I, there would literally be post-it notes like on different like you know buttons and I'd be like okay yeah. make sure this button goes in the button you see on the other side and sometimes I'd have to have another you know grown woman dress yeah. me yeah sometimes you do in period pieces because it's so hefty but this yeah. was because it made no sense logically I but know. it was so cool once it was on once I got past the struggle of dressing yeah. myself I think Mogli trusted you more to wear things than to trust me. Like she knew it was probably gonna go wrong with me at some point. Like I wore a corset like upside down, and she was like, "How did you not know?" I almost fainted. I just didn't. I didn't connect it. I wore the same thing, and I didn't put it on the right way the first time. And uh, I think she just got mad because I went to my trailer. I was like, "What is it? It's a robe, right?" So I just put it as a robe, but there was all these like intricate layers over your neck and over your armpit. And I didn't. It was like, "No, it's just a robe." So you just tie it, right? Yeah. And she was like, "No, that's not. You know what? We're just leaving that." <laughs> and then I just wore the robe forever. But then I knew how to do it. And actually. I really do like that robe because she had this buckle made with um, the tree, like the, the tree that was like part of the show. And it was just like the most beautiful piece. And I was like, I want to keep this. And at the end, when everything wrapped, uh, somebody bought like a trunk full of props and costumes and stuff. And the fans, if you're watching, uh, they sent it to my agent. They sent the robe, Benedict's robe to Aww. my agent. And I have the robe. I have Benedict's outfit with me. Uh, not here, but I have it with me. So. Thank you for sending that row. Wow. There were so many one-of-a-kind pieces that were designed by that department. And so essentially like everything in Fillory and a lot of the other worlds that they had to build out were constructed, you know, sometimes one or two versions of it, but um, everything had its own unique design and um, the directions as everyone's expressing as well. So. One of the, the tragedies of um, COVID is that some of those one-of-a-kind pieces were lost to the auction in Vancouver, whereas I think Magali and some of the department would have liked to recoup a lot of um, those items. And some of the fans have been really incredible in terms of sourcing them and finding out where they ended up. So that's kind of also part of the beauty of this fandom and their ability to um, lead with a really generous heart. And yeah. that's part of what yeah. we um, doing things like this really special because um, 
the fans care that much to connect back to us and make sure that it's going okay and went all right. And Olivia, do you have any favorite costume pieces? Oh, well, I mean, I had a rotating one skirt <laughs> in a couple of sweater sets, but no, I, Alice's, I love Alice's wardrobe. And I actually know where most of it is because of that auction and fans have reached out. Like I know where almost all my wardrobe is spread out between a few people, which is cool. Except for the few Alice dresses from season one that I took, just like her class. <laughs> yes. Which I love. That's still my favorite piece is like season one with the little collar and the yeah. black dress. Those are my favorite. So um, awesome. trying to track down her boots, but I think they're in Canada. I know where they are. I'm going to get them. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> Quest for Boots in Canada. That's another autobiography title I ever heard one. Uh, and uh, Stella, did, uh, did you have a... I, I feel like all of Julia's wardrobe can be found at Aritzia. <laughs> uh, I really do. I mean, I think it's great stuff. Cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. I especially liked your yeah. stuff last season. Like your little vests and stuff. That, that, was, that was my favorite. My, oh man, my pregnancy clothes were awesome. It was great. That was <laughs> uh, Bridget, thank you. That was a great one to start us off with. And what do we have next? Here's one from Gree or G or Dree. Is there a plot point that you wish went in a different direction? Many. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Benedict went back to Fillory. He was stuck in purgatory. And he was supposed to come back, and then I don't think it worked out schedule for the last season, but he came out for a different episode. But I wish it would have been nice to go back to with, see what happened with Penny and Elliot, um, and to see maybe like a, you know, uh, Margot, see Margot again, since we last saw the Munchak, and then he disappeared. remember the Munchak? <laughs> no, no, yeah, that uh, would have been fun. Well, yeah, well, Harvey, your case was scheduling, you know, killing, <laughs> kill, killing, killing vampires on that other gig, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aren't you friends with vampires? Sorry, no, I was about to go off on a vampire question that's unrelated. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say, I would have liked to have actually gotten to be a, a queen when I was a queen in Fillory. Oh, I got my crown, and then I was then that was it. That was like the last time I was in Fillory for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I always wanted yeah. like a, a practical, some practical moments in the castle for for Elliot. Like, what happens when when you're displaced from your home world into a fantasy world kingdom, and you like don't know where the bathroom is? Like, what <laughs> Elliot, like an episode of Elliot trying to find the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Daily mundane things that would have been kind of funny in that. that yeah, world. that's really funny. I also kind of wish Leonard Roberts and I had more to do. He played King Idris. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that too. I wish that too. Great, and we we just had so much fun working together, and um, I just think he was a fantastic actor. So yeah. a and lovely human. I still have photos of you guys on my phone of uh, of Hale and. Um, and him, and I, I remember that day really well. I, I thought he was going to come back. I was surprised yeah. he didn't. Yeah. I don't know if we had scheduling conflicts too. I don't know what happened, but um, some of our guest stars are in very high demand. You know? Very busy. Yeah. 
It's just no, Arlen was busy. Arlen was busy. I think that's what happened with Prince S. Because I like I really like Prince S, Leonard's character's son. We all just wanted boyfriends on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arlen, I think, booked the show. They were really serious, right? So. Oh, they got a real cutie once too. That was like the son of somebody. Remember? Oh, he was, he yeah, he popped his head off. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. He's your husband, right? I was so excited for you for that. I know. And then they chopped him in half or something. That's hilarious. Oh, wait, was that played by Markian? Did Markian yeah. play that? Yeah. 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 And got chopped off at the altar. By his brother, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's Markian twelve-year-old. That was a really disappointing <laughs> moment. <laughs> that kid was so funny. He was so good. Yeah, I think the only other thing that I would say is I really wanted to have Katie in Fillory long enough for her outfits to change. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like just, just long enough to get rid of the flannel, you know? <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair. Well, I agree. Thank you. That was a really fun one. Uh, what we have next? Here's one from Katie. Huh. What's your favorite uh, TV trope? Body swaps, musical episodes, evil doppelgangers. Oh, I have one right off the bat. It's not just because we've done it on the magicians. I like. Uh, I don't know if you can swear, but I really. I, how, I don't know how would you say it? I, like, I just like time fucks. I like when they when the show is really messed with time. Um, I mean that's terrifying. Like time scares me more than anything. So maybe that says something about me. But like, I like. I like when shows mess with times, so like the episodes of The Magicians, which I'm never in. Um, but the episodes of The Magicians where, like, you know, they go back and have, like, different timelines or, like, time is redone over and over again, like Groundhog Day style. Um, or time is just messed with in a different way in general. I am fascinated by messing with time and, like, the mechanics of that and then seeing how characters react in different ways. So, yeah, like that you must where, be a Nolan fan. Uh, yeah. I am, yeah. 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 <laughs> Huge. So that's probably. You know, do you guys remember? Of course, I'm sure you do. But so, just for the fans to hear, every time we would get those like the the time loop ones or the the ones that messed with the time, at the end of the table read, all of us were like, "Do you guys understand what's going on? Do you?" Understand? <laughs> no, 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 no. We could figure it took a while for us to like actually wrap our head around it. Yeah. Which is it's, interesting. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I love doppelgangers. I think maybe because I played had so many with Alice. Like I had so many episodes where I was like five versions of Alice or like fifty different versions of her. There, I don't know what season or episode it was where I had a lot. I had to play Alice like five of me in one season. I don't know. There's a lot of Alice. That's really fun to play. The one with Marley. Yeah, the one with Marley. That was fun. Yeah, it's so so cool. much work, but it's like. Really fun. I like seeing you yeah. at the table reads when you're being several Alice's at a table read and talking to yourself. That's like that's like the funniest part of it. I love it. <laughs> I love talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, musical episodes for me, but that's no surprise to anybody. <laughs> I like musicals, even though I never was part of a musical. That was my favorite episodes when you guys did Queen and you guys. That was just like such FOMO. I was like, no, Benedict could be there. I know. <laughs> you weren't a part of the musicals. It's like, what yeah, a, I know. Yes. I told Sarah, and I was just like, oh, I, you know, I went to school for musical theater. So like, good to know. 
out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, after this, yeah, they, you know, they, it's they, so you know, fun, Danny. Yeah, yeah. Always extraordinary playlist. They, so they just, it. they just didn't do a burlesque episode. That's the problem. I know, and I was ready too. Oh, I know. Hey, <laughs> make me jealous. <laughs> it's fine. I ended up doing Zoe's, and that was fine. That's a whole musical show, so. You know. <laughs> There you yeah, go, rub, so. rub it in, Harvey. Rub it. In. <laughs> Jade's so mad. <laughs> no, she's not. She's fine. No, <laughs> Summer, do you have a favorite uh, common trope among uh, the genres? Yeah, I think I was thinking really hard on it because I'm a genre fan. But um, I think I really like, and we did it in our show um, with Quentin. Uh, when he was a little boy. I like reanimation of a deceased mm. character, but without mm. the lens of like vampirism or zombies. Um, just just straight up reanimation of that of that character <clears throat> in the way that we did it on our show with like the little boy or Quentin or um, like they did it, they also did it on Buffy. Like everybody knows that's like one of my favorite um, genre shows. Um, with the mom when she dies she really dies and there's they play with the idea that she could come back at one point and it's just so disturbing and not okay and so i like how they play with that in genre sometimes to yeah certain hard truths um yeah i think that can be really interesting i like dream sequences or like when when we go into somebody's maybe like fantasy and then we can like break back to reality those are always fun yeah. those are good hey i'll bring us home I like the time loop episode with Summer that I got to do because it felt like this yeah. long extended Groundhog Day nightmare thing and it felt like a little movie that I got to shoot in the middle of the season and it was it was weird because we were there pretty much, I, I think I was just there all day so I started feeling kind of like I was stuck in the time loop also so it was a nice little meta surprise. Remember how much we yeah, have people who can remember episode episode numbers is crazy to me. I know it's really impressive. Same. It's all one, one big blur. Season. Is this a dream? I will always be a sucker for the evil parallel universe with everybody's got the goatees and the evil versions of themselves and. Only when it's a meta joke, though, so it's a bit kind of played out. But Katie, thank you. Very fun question. What do we have next? Here is one from Bridget. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to rephrase this. Um, have you found yourself in possession of any props from the set? Oh, yeah. Um, I stole some I stole props. so many. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tried to, I tried to cover it. <laughs> My attorney says I can't answer this question. <laughs> I didn't, and I really regret it. I really regret like, other things that I like kind of, but I think also the COVID kind of put the dent in some of the stuff that we all would have. Yeah, yeah. Brittany, can I call us out for a second? Yeah. As we, oh, as she's grabbing some props that she's stolen from set, I swear to God, I was gonna do the same thing. Nice pajamas, right? Yeah, I got wearing pajamas. I, I was Brittany, like, you're giving yourself away. As your attorney, I advise you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. This is my one of my favorite ones. Um, is that from Jane? Yeah. Go, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. 
This is, this, this is my favorite stone. This is Labradorite. But I will say I actually asked props for this one as opposed to the other ones that I actually stole. Brittany, do you remember that time where- we went to the Mako trailer? <laughs> oh, oh, this is bad. This so is you tell bad. It. <laughs> we, we, oh no, we raided the, the car. The car part was the part that was funny. What? The car part. Essentially, we stole a bunch of like, like makeup products and things that they were never going to use again because they used it on us. But we stole them again. Why and were then, we all invited to that? Like, so we were like stuffing it in our clothes, and then and then we were being, and then Jade accidentally like one of the lipsticks that she stole like. They came out of her purse and like somebody, I don't know what happened with that. Someone found it in the car and was like, Was this yours? <laughs> no, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, that was really terrible of us. We owned up to it, but, but we use you know the makeup all the time now, so exactly. it's really been worth it. We <laughs> wouldn't use it on anybody else, so you know. They just throw it all away. That's true. Give it to you if you ask for it. I took my makeup home at the end of every season. Me too. But taking home other people's. Oh, you were taking other people's. Well, you're a little free. I Brittany, what you got there? I have the, um, this was, I did not completely steal this one. This is from the, um, oh, yeah. the hotel. And yeah. I think actually Margo's character, or Margo's character. I Margo. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was what she flipped, um, like yeah. when we were trying to be sneaky in the hotel room. So this is from, yeah, the Nave Hotel. I know. In I so much, there was so much stress on that. I was like, flip it right. Well, you did. You nailed it. Inserts are like like weirdly stressful, aren't they? <laughs> like, yeah. Sometimes it's like the random little technical stuff. Yeah. But this was such a cool because we shot at the Hotel Vancouver in downtown Vancouver. Yeah. Um. Uh, we had like a whole floor to ourselves, and I yeah. love how they made it very like Art Deco um style. And so, yeah, somebody in props gave this to me at the end of the day um, because I was like, can I have a name hotel thing? And so now this is on one of our doorknobs in our house in LA. That's one of my cool. favorite things I stole was a cup, one of um, Hale's, Elliot's like drinking cups, like a whiskey cup from season one that he drank out of a lot. Cause you drank a lot more in the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. It's like a heavy crystal glass and I drink out of it not every day, but I drink out of it often. <laughs> I learned so much about what I could have gotten away with. I really did. <laughs> yeah. I got so yeah. much magician shit spread over my house. That's amazing. There's so much wow. cottage that I wish I had like been able yeah. to make from us, like some of those paintings and. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's so much stuff I wish I stole. I took a, a, a little book <laughs> out of like wood chips for oh. Benedict. It was random. It was just like, a, like you know, I mean, paper's not out of wood, but this is like really like thinned out, like a giant slice of wood made into like a shoot turning, you know, booklet where I was like, this is so nice. I don't want to write on this for the scene. So I would fake write on it. So I'd be like, I'm writing on it. And then I did it and I just kept it. 
that. It's too nice to write on, so it just sits on my coffee table. I was like, this is too nice to ruin. That's yeah. awesome. That. Your lawyer is blowing up your phone right now. I mean, uh, <laughs> I heard from someone who was on set and we're trying to find the culprit. Oh, right. Okay. That's good. That's good. Excellent. Bridget, thank you. Great question. And let's go ahead and roll another one. This comes from Emma. Hmm. What does fillery mean to each of you? As ourselves or as the characters? Like to the character or to, to, you, to us personally? Let's talk to you personally. Friends. When I think of Fillory, I think of you guys. Like I don't, it's, yeah. I think it's separate in my head from like the books and stuff at this point. It's just become the place that when we first started the show that we were always, or most of us were going to Fillory together. And that's like a really fun, Fillory is just like a really fond, warm, cozy place to me um, with all my friends. Yeah, I love that. I think too, like, it was a world that was built so beautifully by like set design and you know it was really demonstrated to us in like such a big like grand way and then really it was all of our jobs and like we had the permission to then go and create what it really meant to us like i feel like we were all kind of exploring the tone and its importance and significance and how big that world was going to be like through our performances almost like it was sort of like to me it's almost like a workshop like a play shop yeah it's like filler is kind of like it's what you want it to be in the scene in the season like whatever and like with your friends like to me that's kind of what it is it's like play it's like if you can imagine it then it can exist type of thing. I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but I feel like no, no. what we did. No. Yeah. After almost. Cause we were I'll like, oh. back on that. I say endless possibilities for fillery. That's what yeah. I'll just pick up. Yeah. Endless possibilities. That's what it meant to me. Yeah. yeah. Magic and dreams. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love fillery so much. And like Liv was saying, like it becomes, it's like real. It's, I mean, it's literally real to us because we really did spend so much time there. Um, as our characters, but as, you know, real human beings. So like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel connected to it, like, because I'm an actor who, who, who literally spent so much, many of my, you know, much of my life there uh, working, but also because like fended as well, and you naturally become, you, you know, connected to your character. Yeah. And, um, and so I feel like Fillory was such like a place of growth for Fen, but then also for me, but then also both of us together. Um, and then I, when I read, uh, I know I've, I've said this before, I can't remember when, but when I was reading this, the script, when Fillory dies, like when it's like the faraway shot of the isle of the whole um, planet, kind of like going out, the light distinguishing. Oh, wow. I was reading that in my trailer, like a, an, an episode before, like when we first got the script and during lunch period, I remember I was just reading it. And then when I got to that one little bit that just explained the, 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 um, I, not, I keep wanting to say islands because it looks like an island. The planet ex distinguishes, extinguishes. I started sobbing in my trailer and I was like, I was crying. I was so sad and I couldn't believe how like connected that I was to this fictional place. And, um, and yeah, in that moment, I really realized like how much Fillory um, had meant to me. And then I think I was also sad for Fen because even though she's not real, like she feels real in a way to me. And then I was like sad for her that her home was dying. Cause I was like, oh my God, imagine if like earth died, like that's horrible. All the beautiful, you know, wildlife and just the world going away. And so I had to go into the hair and makeup trailer and I, they had to redo the whole bottom half of my face. Cause I, I literally just had like tears coming down. But 
Um, but yeah, like Liv was saying, like it is this magical place, but it's, you know, we spent so much time there ourselves that it really is like an important part. And it's so pretty. Yeah, Margot, who production designer and everybody who put their love and time and care into it just made it so magical. To me, Fillory is kind of the representation of the magicians in a way, where it's this sort of magical place that sort of we touched at one point that felt like um, just so impactful. So, and it's kind of like this, this thing that um, like brought us to life and, and we were able to bring to life in some way, shape or form with, I mean, both in our minds and um, because of all of the amazing creators and our art department and all the amazing people involved. But it just feels, yeah, it feels as though like it is the magicians to me. It is like this yeah. magical, untouchable land and place that we were able to experience at one point that lives in our hearts and lives in our minds in a way that will have forever impacted me and forever impacted us and forever impacted everyone. And so to me, it's kind of one of the same sort of, yeah, similar yeah. entity in a way. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like we kind of created it ourselves. And that was like the point in the end when the whole new world was created. It was like, it was us all along. <laughs> we can do it again on another show. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> on new Fillory. Makes me think of new Fillory. Hey, how about you? What's Fillory? <laughs> um, Fillory is also a land of nightmares, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> It's also where you go to escape where, in fact, like all the shit from your life gets magnified like a hundred times worse and more intensely. Um, yeah. But I think for me personally, what Olivia said at the beginning was spot on and I couldn't improve on that. Absolutely. Yeah, Fillory wasn't perfect. There was problems with Fillory. No, well. I'm just being nostalgic here. <laughs> yeah. be right. So it's a lot like Earth. It's a lot like yes, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If it was perfect, you guys wouldn't have be having any adventures. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what life's about. It's one big adventure. So mm. yeah. I'm trying hair moose and I think it got a little crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't figured that part out. It's yeah. Just like right balance. You just do like a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. And then yeah. add, add more later. Yeah, that's yeah. too much. It's crunchy. Yeah. Wait, what'd you put in it? Moose. 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 And I did it for a tape and it worked. So I was like, I got to get that crunch on. <laughs> <laughs> did the description say <laughs> the character must have moose crunch hair? <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> Is that a breakfast cereal? <laughs> Canadian breakfast cereal. Exactly. <laughs> Part of this complete breakfast. <laughs> Which would be complete if it didn't have a cereal. <laughs> Indeed. Emma, thank you. That was a great question. And GalaxyCon viewers, ladies and gentlemen, this has been my absolute pleasure to host you all today. Any final words for our audience before we can leave? Love you guys. Love you, Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you all again. Thank you all for joining us on the Galaxy Kind of Virtual Stage. Thank you to our audience for joining us today. And thank you for your great questions. Hope to see you all again soon. Until then, bye-bye, everyone. Take care. And please keep washing those hands. I miss you all.